Welcome to Soundings Podcast. I'm Dudley Evanson, and for more than four decades, my husband Dean Evanson and I have created music and media that supports people and the planet. In our Soundings Podcast, we'll be sharing interviews with wisdom keepers we have met in the course of our life journey. To learn more about our activities and releases, please visit our website and blog at soundings.com. In this podcast, we hear the interview with Jill Purse from our Sonic Healing Meet the Masters video course. This is from session nine of the 10-part series on meditation, music, and healing. First, a little background on Jill Purse. Jill pioneered the international sound healing movement through her rediscovery of ancient vocal techniques, the power of group chant, and the spiritual potential of the voice as a magical instrument for healing and meditation. She has taught overtone chanting and healing voice workshops for over 30 years. Through her workshops and seminars, she presents diverse forms of sacred chant, especially Mongolian overtone chanting. She has researched the magical properties of the voice, studying with Kyoto monks, American Indians, and shaman from different traditions, as well as performing with innovative German composer Karl Haus Stockhausen and teaching with her husband, biologist Rupert Sheldrake. In this interview, she discusses her pioneering discoveries in sound healing using ancient vocal techniques and group chanting and calls attention to the spiritual potential of the voice for healing and meditation. Enjoy. Uh, so I'm Jill Purse, and um, I've been working in this field um, so long that it wasn't a field when I started working in it. In fact, I think I probably pioneered it. Um, and um, at least as a, as a way of getting people to, to use their voices again in the West. Obviously, it's existed in the East and perhaps existed in the West at one time, but we seem to have lost um, our tradition of, of singing together and of chanting together. And so I, I've been trying over the last 30 years to reintroduce this um, as a way of, of recreating community, in fact, creating sonorous communities and um, getting people to rediscover the lost voice. So I feel this is something that uh, it, we have to do, really. It's a form of, I, I think of it as a kind of re-enchanting of the world in the real sense, which is that to chant means to make magical through chanting. So I've taken it quite literally. And um, since we've stopped singing, we start chanting, our lives are uh, disenchanted. So my aim is to re-enchant. And, and um, I, I think this is beginning to happen as more and more people are, are waking up to it and beginning to use sound. and. And this is a very wonderful thing. So I began in the 70s when um, um, I was very interested in, in how form comes into being. And so I was looking at all the different ways of, of you know, the, the, the translation of spirit into matter. And it seemed that of all the ways um, that sound was the most important, in, and this existed in all traditions, the idea of in the beginning was the word, or each tradition had a, a way of describing the beginning as a resonant affair. So it was a process of continuous resonance, of the duration of resonance, and, and, and a beginning sonorous event or a continuous sonorous becoming. And um, so in the, in the Hindu tradition, this is um, the idea of the Om is, is the first sound. And, and in, in the West, the idea of the, in the beginning was the word. 
And so I was really looking at form and pattern. And I'd been working on um, the uh, spiral as a, as a pattern of becoming, as a pattern of the, the, the introduction of, of form into, uh, into the formless. And I'd, I'd been working for many years on, on this as a way of asking questions of the universe um, that were not, uh, that hadn't been asked. So looking at the relationship between um, one thing and another, uh, how, um, uh, how instead of, instead of dividing things into, into disciplines, taking questions in one discipline and asking if it asking this question of another discipline and, and seeing how it opened up and informed us in ways that we hadn't even thought of the questions. And so having gone from working with a spiral, and I wrote a book called The Mystic Spiral in 1973, I was working in parallel with, with sound as a way of describing the coming into being. And I looked at the work of Hans Jenny, who showed um, how just by the introduction of sound you could see um, from uh, seamless, formless uh, substances, liquids, pastes of different viscosities, how um, this formlessness gradually um, took on form and took on the form and pattern uh, that we see around us in nature. So this was um, a clear demonstration that, that sound uh, on its own brings form where there is none. And so this introduction of form and pattern was my beginning, really. And, um, and also this idea of um, trying to reintroduce um, um, chant, getting people back into their voices. And at the moment, most people spend their lives in front of television screens, in front of video screens, in, in front of television screens, in front of, in front of computer screens. And um, I, I envisage a day when people will email each other saying, do you remember there was a time when, when our mouths opened sound came out of them. So we've gone silent as a community. We've gone silent as the more developed we get, the more developed our societies get, the more silent they become. And so my aim is to, is to try and reverse that. So, um, so I, I started um, working uh, in, 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 in groups, in workshops, and um, one of the things that I tried to do was to reintroduce a form of tuning which was um, in tune. So one of the things that happened in the 17th century was that um, with the introduction of pianos we retuned our music in the West, which means that in, since the 17th century all music in the West has been out of tune. So when we, when we listen to classical music, uh, or indeed any music in the West, uh, we're being entrained out of tune. And um, so, you know, you, you can't be sound in mind and body if you're, if you're out of tune. And so when I was looking for ways to reintroduce the voice, I came across a form of chanting from Central Asia, where you chant on a single note only. But you, you um, within that note, if you penetrate that note, you can open that note, you can open it out, you can crack it open and reveal it's inside, and when you reveal it's inside, what you hear is the, poor, the pure tuning um, from which our tuning has deviated. So what we did in the West was to take the octave and, and make every note in the octave out of tune. So 
before that, um, with pianos, part of the part would be out of tune and part would be in tune. So they they redistributed the out of tuneness so that it's now all out of tune. And um, what it's out of tune with are the harmonics. So what I one of the things that I teach and, and what I introduced in in the seventies was um, a form of chanting where where uh, you actually make a sound, just a single sound, but you um, you you you. Uh, work with the resonance of that sound. So what you hear is more than the sound itself. What you hear are the, the harmonics or the overtones or the, the sonorous structure of the sound itself. And, and the sonorous structure is the very tuning on which all music is based, but it's the real tuning. It's the tuning which um, we have deviated from. And so when you, when you allow people to work with this, then um, what happens is that they discover, you know, that they they can their their different parts of them become in tune. Um, I mean, it's it, it's um, you're 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 in tune with the environment. You're in tune with each other. Um, the natural world is all based on this sonorous geometry, and and when we do it for the first time, we recognize it. Um, and and the reason we recognize it is because. Um, to, to, to recognize means to again know. So it's something that we knew, and we knew it because this structure is the structure of our very being. Um, uh, and what we're doing is simply making audible the structure of ourselves in a way that we recognize because we're hearing what we are, we're hearing ourselves. And there's an immediate recognition of that. Would you like to demonstrate some of the toning? Or the... I could demonstrate that, yes. I've just um, uh, you know, got off a plane from England and slightly uh, jet lagged, but I could have a, I could have a go. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. <clears throat> Which are higher than the note, hence the name overtone. Are the these are the pure intervals of, of the whole of music is based on. They're the intervals of of, of nature. They're the in, in, intervals of the geometry of this world. And and so when we hear this, or even better, when we make it, then we are retuning ourselves with the, the geometry of the world. And only then can we really be in tune. And if all the music we listen to and the music that we sing and the music that we participate with is, is out of tune, then naturally our, you know, we're going to be held in a kind of dissonant situation. So I think this is one um, a very good way of getting people back into, into you know, a way of, of being sound, literally, that their, their bodies 
um, embody the sound itself? Well, I've been working for 30 years in, in the Tibetan Buddhist tradition, and, and this is a very interesting one because um, the sound is considered in, in many traditions and, and also in, in Tibetan Buddhism to be a bridge. It's a bridge between the worlds. Um, so it's, it's, um, it's a bridge because um, sound is both physical and um, it's both material and immaterial. So, for example, if I... If I um, interrupt the continuity of your experience. If I, if I make a beat, and if I, if I repeat that beat, that, that's rhythm. If I repeat it beyond 16 cycles per second, then we have a note, we have a pitch. And if I, if I go now and I end in 20 minutes, we have duration, and then finer still, we have the harmonic. So all of music is based on counting. And uh, that's the most quantitative act. It's, it's pure materialistic, it's, it's purely it's purely materialistic. So, so counting is an embodiment of the material world. So music is based on that. So in that sense, you could say it's material. And yet the sound that, that it comes from that is, is pure spirit. It's, it's immaterial, it's uncountable, unaccountable, it's un, you know, unmeasurable and, 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 and con makes contact with the world of spirit. So it's a bridge because it, it, it's part of the physical world, it's, it's, it's something that, you, that comes about through counting. At the same time, it invokes the spirit and is used in every tradition for that purpose. And so, for that reason, and I think this is one of the most important things about sound, it, it's a bridge between the worlds. And so Tibetans talk about body, voice, and mind. And um, in that case, the voice is the bridge within our own body between the, the, the zones or, or, the, or the bodies that they call them, the body of body, the body of voice, the body of mind, these different bodies um, or gates. So these, are, these three parts of the human being um, are bridged, or at least the two parts are bridged, so mind and, 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 and uh, body are bridged by voice. So, so voice represents energy, um, and, and speech, and so the, so the Tibetans see it very clearly. You know this very very essential aspect of voice, which is, which is that it, it it creates a bridge between the world of spirit and the world of matter, and for this reason, it's been used in every spiritual tradition. It's it's the way that the world comes into being in in most traditions, and our spiritual path is the return journey from um, this world to the world of spirit, and so. Uh, most most yogas are, are sonorous. You know, they're, they're, they use sound as the as the return journey from from matter to spirit. Thank you for listening to our Soundings podcast. We hope you've enjoyed this program. To learn more about our music, guided meditations, and videos, please visit our website and blog at soundings.com. Peace through music blessings.